We are in the middle of a series on the book of Ephesians, and we're in Ephesians 5, 11 through 20 this morning. And uh, we are looking at the book of Ephesians through the lens of what it tells us about being a healthy body of Jesus Christ in Saratoga Springs. You know, we are really personalizing it to our, to our place and time to be a healthy body. You know, we are the body. Jesus is the head. How do we incarnate Jesus, incarnate his love uh, in this body and share that love with Saratoga Springs, uh, making disciples of Jesus in the process and adding, um, adding people to the body daily who are being saved, who we need, who have different gifts and, and are needed in the body. You know, Jesus is doing this work in us where he is, is, is building us up and he is bringing us everything that we need and, uh, and I just feel it in my bones. I don't know if anyone else feels that, but I really feel that God is at work in this body. I'm excited to see what he will do. But we're reading Ephesians, uh, looking at what it tells us about being a healthy body uh, for Jesus to direct by his headship. Uh, we, we've been looking the last few weeks at passages of, of Scripture that are challenging. They're challenging to us where the, where the Bible, God-inspired, God God-breathed, has been telling us, you need to stop doing these things. Because you are hurting the body of Christ. You are hurting yourself, and you're hurting the body. So a few weeks ago, we talked about putting off falsehood, uh, putting off anger, rage, malice, and bitterness. Remember the freezer with all the anger in it, in your basement? Bitterness. Uh, The the frozen dessert that you saved to share with friends for for years to come. Uh, The God says to take that bitterness, that rage, that malice. Um, He who has been stealing must steal no longer. You know, all of that stuff. It's improper for the body. It destroys the body. Get rid of it. And in its place, put on Christ. Last week, we talked about the issue of, or the topic of human sexuality. And it said, not even a hint of sexual immorality must be among you. And it was a challenging scripture telling us what God's standards are and what he expects and really what will nourish the body. I mean, God created us. God knows how we work intricately. He knit us together in our mother's womb he knows what will hurt us, what will harm us, and he tells us the parameters. So that's what we've been doing the last couple of weeks. And this week, uh, we're kind of switching gears a little bit. Let's read together Ephesians 5, 11. It says, Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful to even mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for it is light that makes everything visible. This is why it is said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So this is a continuation of of what we've been reading about. Uh, Put off, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. That's the anger, the rage, the sexual uh, immorality. Have nothing to do with these things, but put them off, expose them, uh, everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for it is light that makes everything visible. And this is why it said, Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Do you see how that's bracketed off in, in your Bibles? Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. This is a song that the early church sang together. We don't have the music for it, but it's clearly in the manuscripts, it's clearly a song. And, uh, and Paul is quoting this, this song that was well known, Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. And I love that verse. 
Because what it's saying is, all of the things we've been talking about over the last few weeks, when you wake up from this kind of like living death you're living in, when you wake up and put off these things, Christ will shine on you. It's like a gravitational thing. Like you take this out, you take these things you've been worshiping, these things you've been, it talked about idolatry last week in regard to sexuality. You take away these, these, uh, these things that are hurting the body of Christ and hurting you. You take these things out and it creates this vacuum and Christ just shines on you. It's this awesome promise of scripture uh, if you look at it that way. Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Verse 15, be careful, very careful then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that this morning you would reveal to us truth from your word and that you would inspire us, that you would inspire us to live for you. We pray that you would shine your light on us as we wake up from our slumber and that you would build up this body. I pray for your uh, inspiration uh, to hit this text and to really drive into our heart what you are speaking to us this morning. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we give thanks and praise. As this passage says, we give thanks in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. So if I was a certain kind of preacher, uh, the whole sermon would be about the evils of alcohol, right? Like th- This whole passage, it's just about alcohol is the devil. The devil. And you got to stay away from the alcohol. If I was a certain kind of preacher. And, and don't get me wrong, being drunk... It's saying, do not get drunk on wine. This is something the scripture is saying. Don't get drunk. So now that you know that, <laughs> next time you're, you're having some drinks, just keep in mind, you're not supposed to get drunk, according to the Bible. Because uh, it says it leads to debauchery. It leads to um, kind of a, a sleep at the wheel kind of situation, either literally or figuratively, right? Uh, but what it's really talking about, uh, using being drunk as, a, as an example is this idea of being foolish, of living in a haphazard way that doesn't take into account what God is doing in a situation. What this is saying is, uh, if you kind of fall asleep at the wheel, if you live your life in kind of a drunken haze, you're going to miss out on what God's doing. And I get that from this section. Be very careful how you live. This, This is a passage about wisdom. This is a passage about wisdom. Be careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, that's the opposite of wisdom, but understand what the Lord's will is. Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Be careful how you live, making the most of every opportunity. This word for opportunity is this word kairos, and it's one of the words in the Bible used for time. Maybe you've heard this before. It's one of the words in the Bible used for time. And what it means, literally translated, is pregnant time. So the la- my, all, of, all of my three kids, Jackie has kind of gone into labor at the same time. And she's woken me up in the middle of the night around the same time. And then we go to the hospital, and then we have a baby at some point. The first one, it was, you know, hours later. Um, 
The second one was pretty fairly quickly. The third one we barely got in the door a few months ago when we had Cohen, and there he was. When it's pregnant time, you know, delivery time, it's delivery time. No one knows when it's going to happen. When someone's going to go into labor, they make estimates based on what they know. But no one knows really what's going to happen. But when it's time, it's time, right? What this is saying is, it's using this word very specifically, make the most of every kairos because the days are evil. What it's saying is, we are living in this pregnant time. We're living in this kind of pregnant time where God is doing something. And when we're foolish, when we fall asleep at the wheel, when we're just living kind of in this drunken haze, when we're sleeping, when we're asleep, asleep in the light, essentially, as Christians, you know, following Christ, when we're sleeping, we're not paying attention, we miss out on these opportunities that God is making. And, it, and it's saying, you need to redeem those opportunities um, because the days are evil. And what does it mean when it says the days are evil? Well, it's saying, basically, if you, if you don't pay attention in life, if you don't stay awake and look for, the, look for what God is doing and join him in it, you're going to miss out on opportunities. And basically, if you do nothing, if you don't pay attention, the default mode for your days is just down the, down the sinker. Um, you, the, the default for your life is that you will waste your time, you will lose your time, because like a, gravita- like a gravitational pull, if we're not intentional about our time and paying attention to what God is doing, we're just going to miss opportunities. That's what this is saying. So it's saying, uh, make the most of every pregnant moment that God is, is providing because the days are evil. And, you know, the way I figure it, you know, we in this church at New Life Fellowship have been given a gift. We've been given, we've been placed in a, in a certain time, Okay. We've been placed in a certain time in history. And, and it's a time, you have to understand, that is in the context of salvation history. From the beginning of time, God has been working out his plan of salvation. And we, not by an accident, but by the intention of our creator, have been placed at this point in salvation history. History is going somewhere. History is going somewhere. Jesus came a little over 2,000 years ago, and he said he's coming back. History is going somewhere, and in the wisdom of God, he's placed us at this point in salvation history, and he has a will that's being worked out in the world around us in Saratoga Springs. He has a will that's being worked out in Saratoga Springs. So he's given us this place, he's given us this time, and he said, don't miss out on the opportunities I'm giving you during this time in salvation history, because once those opportunities pass you by, they're gone. We need to pay attention how we live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every kairos opportunity. Because if we don't, we're just going to lose our days. We're going to lose all those moments. And so this scripture is encouraging us. Stay awake. Realize, you know, the Lord is working out his will in the world. He's put us here in this place and time. He's created these opportunities for us. Don't miss them. You get that? Don't miss the opportunities that God gives. Um, and, and one of the examples, of course, is, you know, the person who is just living in kind of a haze, not paying attention, drunk on wine, it leads to bad things, but also it causes you to miss opportunities. You miss opportunities to participate in what God is doing at this time in history. And let me tell you, like, this church situated on Exit 15, New Life Fellowship, you know, if we don't do what God's called us to do, it's not going to get done. 
You know, God put us here to do a certain thing, and if we don't do it, it doesn't get done. For some of you, you work in places where you are the only Bible that any of your coworkers will read. Your life is the only Bible that any of your coworkers will read. And if they don't hear about it from you, about the grace that's found through Jesus Christ, and about the love of the Father for them, and salvation through Jesus, if they don't hear about it from you, they won't hear about it from anybody. That's your opportunity. That's your kairos that God has given you. He's put you in this situation and he's given you this opportunity, and he's saying, you need to redeem this time. You need to pay attention and cash it in for the glory of my name. You are the only Bible your coworkers are going to read. So you need to cash in on those opportunities. And let me tell you, those opportunities are all around us all the time, but we miss out on them because we're asleep at the wheel. Keith Green said, the world is perishing in the dark, and we are asleep in the light. That's what Keith Green said. That breaks my heart. Uh, to think about that. But what, what a great quote. The world is perishing in the dark. They can't even help it. And we're sleeping in the light. We have like the gospel. But we kind of live in this foolish way where we just let time pass by. We don't, we're not playing, being intentional at all. Just let it, go, let it slide at best. And, you know, at worst, we kind of divert ourselves from paying attention to time. We miss, we miss out. And, uh, and people are perishing in the dark. That's a tragedy. So it says, be very careful. Because wisdom is under, understanding what the Lord's will is. We know the truth. Wisdom is applying it to real life situations. Understanding what God is doing in a situation and joining him in that situation. And make no mistake about it. God is at work. God is at work in the world. He's at work in Saratoga. He's at work in this church. Um, he's at work in, in, your, in your workplace and the people that otherwise will not hear of Jesus. He's at work. And these opportunities he's presenting. Uh, so I would say pray. Pray for opportunities. Um, and look for those moments that God is fortifying and, and just preparing for you to come into them. Uh, you have no idea what God is doing. But, he came, but Jesus came to seek and save uh, what was lost. And all the people in your, in your sphere of influence who don't know Jesus, Jesus came to seek and save those people. So pray for them and seek how you might redeem the time and how you might... Um, bring them into a relationship with Jesus and bring the kingdom. If not you, if you're just kind of not paying attention, you might miss out. A, a, a quote that came to mind this morning uh, is from an artist that I really enjoy, and he says, every day is a bank account, and time is our currency. Nobody's rich, nobody's poor. We get 24 hours each. So how are you going to invest? Will you... Will you Invest it or you squander it? Will you try to get ahead and be selfish or help someone else who needs Jesus? You know? How will you invest your time? Every day is um, a journal page. Every person gets a pen and a paper. There's plenty of room for writing in. You know, how are we going to use these moments that God's given us? They're gifts. These are gifts that God's given us. Every moment that we're alive, how are we going to redeem them? For the, for the Lord? How are we going to redeem them for the Lord and, uh, and, and see his kingdom come as he works in the world? That's the question this passage is asking us. Me and Jackie, uh, in an effort to furnish our house for almost no money, we pick up every piece of furniture that's on the side of the road. Every piece of furniture. Like, we just, we drive by it, we back up, we throw it in, and then we figure out what to do with it later. That's kind of our way. And, uh, and uh, yesterday, 
Jackie said, I saw a dresser, but it looked really heavy. Can you go back and get it? So I went back, and I got this dresser, put it in the car, and it said, uh, what did it say on the top drawer? Jake. It was carved in the top drawer, Jake. So I guess some little kid had carved his name in the drawer. And uh, so I, I took this thing, and we set it up in, in Elias's bedroom, and, uh, and Elias and Cohen's clothes will go in this dresser. Now, we redeemed this dresser. And this dresser had a different name on it, but we brought it into our family's home. And uh, many of these pregnant moments around us, they're people. They're people that God is working in, and they don't have Jesus' name written on them yet. And Jesus is calling us, like, when you, don't, miss on these, don't miss these opportunities. These are people that I want to be in my family. Bring them into your home and, you know, scratch off the Jake name and put, put on the Jesus name, you know? Redeem these moments. Uh, time is our currency. We're each given the same amount. I mean, it, it is um, absolutely equal, absolute equality when it comes to time. Uh, everyone has the same amount. Will we intentionally redeem it for the glory of God and participate in the will of God for Saratoga Springs, for New Life Fellowship, for the people in our, that we work with, or will we let all that stuff fall away and sleep in the light? That's what this is asking us. Again, uh, the encouragement of this passage is that when we awake from this kind of autopilot life where we're not paying attention, the Lord will shine upon us. When we wake up from our, from our sin and the behaviors that lead to death, when we wake up from the, the haze of not being intentional about our time and the gift of time and place that God's given us, Jesus Christ will shine on us and we will see his ministry go forward. So the opposite of, of kind of living this autopilot life that, that this passage is warning against, the autopilot life that not only doesn't, isn't intentional by its time, but actually, you know, is, just prefers to be drunk above, um, you know, being sober, sober-minded. The opposite of that is being filled with the Spirit, it says. It says, instead of being drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, be filled with the Spirit. It's really interesting to me that the Bible uses this, thinks that that's kind of an equivalent statement. Instead of being drunk on wine, replace it with being filled with the Spirit. Isn't that interesting? And I think what that means is, you know, when the Holy Spirit comes into a person, they come into the fullness of who God created them to be. They begin to come into the fullness of who God's created them to be. God begins to redeem their life and begins to turn things around. And they find themselves able to be more themselves than they've ever been. The Spirit of Christ actually brings people into the fullness of the humanity that God always intended for them. Uh, before sin and death got a hold of them. So when you think about how alcohol works, it takes away, a lot of people drink because it takes away their inhibitions and they can enjoy being more social and, or, you know, do that open mic they're terrified to do because they're, they're, they have their inhibitions taken away. And I think the same is true of the Spirit. I think that when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we kind of get filled with the joy of the Lord that's only artificially produced by alcohol. We get filled with the confidence that that brings. And we just come into the fullness of who God has called us to be. Every person, when they're saved, receives the down payment of the Holy Spirit. But this is saying, be filled with the Spirit. And commentators don't really know what to do with this because we believe that every person receives the Holy Spirit when they become a Christian. So what does it mean, be filled with the Spirit, be filled with the Spirit? I think it's saying, continually ask God to fill you. You know, we're very leaky vessels. We need more and more of God in our lives. And I think it's saying, let your mind, your heart, your body, every part of your being... Uh, continually surrender that to God and say, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Transform me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit um, that I might come into the fullness of who you're calling me to be. 
Um, so be not drunk on wine. Be, be filled with the Spirit. And what are the evidences of being filled with the Spirit? Things like uh, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. They, they don't really know like, what the classification is of these things. Psalms being the Old Testament psalms. Hymns, they think, were, were the Old Testament psalms put to music. And spiritual songs are like spontaneous songs that people just kind of write in their heart to God um, spontaneously. One of the evidences of being filled with the Spirit is being filled with this joy and, and, and beginning to speak uh, to, to one another in these, in these kind of encouraging ways, this deep kind of fellowship and worship. Sing and make music in your hearts to the Lord. This is just referring to worship, uh, singing with worship. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the attitude of thankfulness. And one of the interesting things is, when you look at the beginning of this passage, it's talking about uh, putting off, having nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather exposing them. Uh, in Romans 1.21, it says, For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God or gave thanks to him, but they're thanking their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools, ex- exchanged the glory of the immortal God for the images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. It's interesting that in Romans one twenty one, it's basically saying, if, if people don't give thanks to God, uh, if they neither glorify him as God nor give thanks to him, their thinking will become futile. It seems to be that get, thankfulness is actually an antidote for uh, for sin in many ways. And if you think about it, thankfulness is saying, Sovereign God of the universe, I recognize that everything comes from you and that you are in control. And I worship you for that. I worship you that you're in control of my life and that I can trust you with my salvation and, and I can trust you with all of my needs. You're my provider. Um, you've, you've given every good blessing has come from you. It's recognizing the sovereignty and the power of God in your life. That's what thankfulness is, essentially. Every time I walk into my, wake up in my new house that we moved into last week, I'm so thankful because we didn't have space before. We didn't have a yard. We didn't have even daylight. We were in a, in a, in a basement for a long time. And I'm just so full of thankfulness because I recognize that's a gift from God, that house. But I think when, we've, when we cease to be thankful, we, we cease to recognize that every good and perfect gift comes from God, and that's when we're kind of prone to sinning. We're just prone to walking away from God because we lose sight of who God is and in his sovereignty and his grace. And so give thanks to God, the Father, for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to God. Give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is kind of the antidote to living in this autopilot kind of way. Instead of living in a haphazard way that doesn't take into account the gift of time and place that God's given us, that, that kind of disregards what God's will might be in any situation, it says be filled with the Spirit and seek God's will. Speak, seek wisdom. Be careful to redeem your days. Um, be careful to redeem your moments and be careful to use them for the kingdom because once a moment is gone, it's gone. Those pregnant opportunities that God is creating around us, once they're gone, they're gone. We need wisdom. We need sobriety of mind, sobriety of action to take hold of those things and, and wake up. So in the, in the spirit of this passage uh, this week, I was very inspired to write a little song based on this passage that I think sums up the, uh, the passage really well. And the song is called Wake, O Sleeper. Big surprise, right? 
Yeah, I feel like when the Bible encourages us to admonish one another, encourage one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, I thought, maybe I should try to encourage you guys with a spiritual song that I made up. And literally, this is like a... It just came to me in like a couple minutes. Uh, but this, this is a song that I think offers a great encouragement to us as we look at this passage, uh, that as we turn our lives over to God, like gravity, uh, the sun will shine on us, and the light that God's, God brings will come on, onto us. And I think that the light that God instills into us, um, it's, it's, it's something that makes us into a light as well, and we begin to be people that can share that light with others. And I think that we begin to be people that can inspire others uh, with, with the light that God gives us. So this is a, a hoot nanny. So, so feel free to participate if you like. But if you wanted to uh, look at what this message is in a nutshell, here's a song for it. Wake up, O sleeper, shine for the dead, and the Lord will shine upon you. Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and the Lord will shine upon you. Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and the Lord will shine upon you. Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and the Lord will shine upon you. Be careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Therefore, do not be foolish, do not get drunk on wine, but filled with the Holy Spirit. Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine upon you. Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine upon you. Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine upon you. Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, Christ will shine upon you. Be careful how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Therefore, do not be foolish, do not get drunk on wine, instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and the Lord will shine upon you. Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and the Lord will shine upon you. Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine upon you. Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine upon you. Careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Therefore, do not be foolish, do not get drunk on wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Sleeper, rise from the dead, and the Christ will shine upon you. Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine upon you. 
careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Therefore, do not be foolish, do not get drunk on wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Sleep will rise from the dead and Christ will shine upon you. Wake up, sleep will rise from the dead and Christ will shine upon you. Careful how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Therefore, do not be foolish, do not be drunk on wine, but find out what the will of the Lord is. I added that verse just now. But find out what the will of the Lord is. That's another part of the passage, remember? Wake up, sleep, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine upon you. Wake up, sleep, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine upon you. Woo! <laughs> the best, that's just, to me, that was the best illustration. I mean, how, how does music transform our understanding of the scripture? In so many ways. Um, I think that's why it talks about admonishing each other, encouraging each other with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. If you just read this passage on your own, you'd be like, okay, moving on to the next passage. But when you, when you hear that to music, it's such a hopeful sound. Wake up. Rise from the dead. Christ will shine on you. It's a promise of the Bible. And it, that was a, that's probably exactly what the song was like in, when they wrote it in ancient times. Um, be careful how you're living. Not foolishly. Uh, don't be drunk on wine. Be filled with the Spirit. Pay attention to those pregnant moments. You may be the only Bible anyone in your sphere of influence reads. Make sure that you share with them. Make sure that you seize those pregnant moments. Make sure you redeem um, all of those little things on the side of the road and stick them in your trunk and scrub that name off there and put Jesus' name on there for the glory of God. Um, redeem your time. Redeem your time, children of God. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up, and we're going to end with some more music. Uh, this is a song called I Will Walk. And this is a very timely song uh, for, for this message. Give me faith that makes a mountain move and to believe the gospel's power to save, to run the race, to run and not go faint, and some to save in Jesus' mighty name. I love that line, and some to save. It's a very realistic kind of view of, of um, evangelism. Like anyone that wants to come to the banquet that God has, has made through Jesus, they're invited and some will come and some won't. But let's invite everyone we can. Because some are going to be saved in Jesus' name. Wake up, O sleeper. Rise from the dead. And Christ will shine upon you. Be careful how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity. Because the days are evil. Redeem those moments. Do not be foolish. Do not be drunk on wine, but understand what the Lord's will is. Be filled with his spirit and make his name known in the name of Christ. I bless you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to be the church for Saratoga, for all of the people in your sphere of influence, that they might come to know the saving grace of Jesus Christ, that some might be saved by the power of the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be dispersed. Go and be the church.